Welcome to King Street Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you as much as it has blessed us. If you would like to sow into what God is doing here at King Street Church, head over to kingstreet.church. That's kingst.church. Thanks again for listening, and now on to the message. You can stand to your feet here and welcome uh, the man of God here tonight, Ben Robbins. Love you, <laughs> Well, keep clapping. My God. Go ahead. Keep clapping. It's, that's not enough. Keep going. <laughs> Some of you thought I was joking. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, thank you, Luke. I, I truly uh, am honored to be here today. Uh, it's been uh, one of the joys of my life uh, is getting to know Luke um, and Miss Vicky. We've been friends for Gosh, we counted it up. It's been 12 years now, so a dozen years. So, and getting to know David through Luke as an extension um, of our relationship has been uh, just so. Uh, I feel honored uh, that the Lord would bring a man like David into my life. I really do. I feel honored that the Lord would send a man like him into my life and allow me to um, not just eat of the fruit that is his life, but benefit from it. And I'm, I, I thank you today, David. It's been a, been a real honor, man. It's been a real honor. Oh, and I want, I had um, something else planned for this evening, but this afternoon, this morning, whatever time it was that we had church uh, earlier today, uh, David, your message stirred something in me, and I feel something unusual as it pertains to how the Lord usually uses me. Um, normally, He'll use me, and I'll come in, and I'm going to release fire, and I'm going to, I'm going to go after the supernatural. We're going to do that. We're, we're still going to do that. I'm still going to release fire because it's who I am. I can't, I can't help but spontaneously combust. I try not to. I fight against it. I, I fight against it. I try not to. I try. I'm going to compose myself by God. I'm going to be composed and well put together. I'm not going to do the thing where my eyes get real big and intense, and I'm not going to do the thing where I start to spontaneously combust in front of everybody, but it's who I've been created to be in the earth. And learning to accept who Almighty Yahweh has created me to be in the earth has brought a level of freedom. It's brought a level of authenticity. And if you can learn to do the same of yourself, it will bring freedom and on authenticity to your walk as well. Not just in your relationship with the Lord. Let me tell you, it will improve your relationship with the people he's put around you because you'll no longer be under the pressure of trying to pretend. You'll quit wanting them to pretend. That's just, that's free. That one's free. That one's free. But I want to endeavor by the help of the Holy Ghost to bring myself into partnership with the message that you released this morning, David, and help build some infrastructure for what's here and what's coming. There's, the, there's this principle in theology, it's called here, not yet. Here and coming. It's the already here and still coming kingdom of God. It's the already here and it's still coming kingdom of God. And I want to tell you... Mm, I'm doing it already. I'm doing it already. I, I, I tried. I tried to reel it in. I tried. 
I want to tell you renewal's here. I want to tell you renewal is here. I saw it this morning. Well, what do you mean you saw it this morning? I didn't felt like an everyday Sunday. It's because you don't have eyes of honor. And in order to see what Almighty Yahweh, I feel it. In order to see what Almighty Yahweh is doing in this place, in seed form, you're going to have to dare to look with eyes of honor. And if you don't, you'll completely miss the move of the Spirit that's here, but not just the one that's here. He will not let you taste the fruit of what's coming. Oh, I feel the weight on that. Feel the way. That's a challenge from Almighty God. Not that you're doing things wrong. What that is, is it's a challenge from Almighty Yahweh to begin to bring the honor level for what he's doing in this house to a higher level. To begin to count this not as common, to begin to count this not as just something that we do on Sunday and check the box. No, we've come to seek Almighty God and we're going to do that until we meet face to face with him, right? So I, I can prove it, okay? I'll prove this. All right, All right. What do you mean that the renewal's here? What do you mean by that? All right, we can drive around anywhere what county are we in? I don't even know the name of this county. What county is it? Charlotte County? We're in Charlotte County. How many oak trees do you suppose are in Charlotte County? Millions probably, right? Something like that. You all have predominant oak trees here. And we can rest in the shade of an oak, and we can enjoy, especially at this time of year, the beauty of the oak tree. But if you were to take the DNA of an acorn and test that against the DNA of an oak tree, Everything that is inside the oak tree is already in that acorn. No, I'm, I'm serious. Everything that's inside that oak tree is already inside of that acorn. And what you'll then have to do is begin to decide, I'm not going to continue to look for a mature oak tree when he's handing me an acorn. You know what that is? That's a compliment from heaven saying, I'm entrusting you with something that's going to grow to be a mighty oak of righteousness in the earth. So what do you mean you saw renewal this morning? I watched Luke and David and my sister back here. I, I don't know your name. What's your name? You? Yes, you. Yeah. Kathy. Luke, David, and Kathy laugh in the Holy Ghost when everyone else had left. How long did you all stay? I, I had to go. How long? Ten minutes? You stayed ten minutes. I watched them laugh in the Holy Ghost for ten minutes after everyone had left. And every oh, Jesus. And you can say it's excessive. You can say it's trying to drum something up. You can say that, you can say whatever it is that you want to say. I really don't care about the religious opinion of what you think about that. What that is, is that's heaven announcing that renewal has come. And if you can begin to honor the thing that's already here, what will happen is it will start to get on you. I got to settle down. I've got to settle down and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Bill Johnson, when he took over his church at, in, in Redding, California, moved from a, a daughter church in a small mountain town. And when he took the church over, there was a mass exodus from the church, which how dumb do you have to be? <laughs> 
but there's this massive exodus from the church. The first night that Bill has the church, he's officially uh, inserted as the lead pastor in this church. They have a Sunday evening worship gathering, and they lay hands on everyone there. There's something like 3,000 people in this church, and they lay hands on everyone there. They lay hands on all of them, and one woman was powerfully touched. One woman, one, one woman fell out in the Holy Ghost and began to manifest under the Spirit. And Bill looks at his wife and says, it's here now and it can't be stopped. Yeah. And I got a chance to witness this morning, it's here now and it cannot be stopped. I got a chance to witness this morning. It might just be in seed form. It may not be a mighty oak stretching out across the southeast United States like it's going to. I said it may not be the mighty oak of righteousness that's going to stretch across the United States, across the soul of the Southeast, the branches of what Almighty Yahweh's doing here, oh, I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost, will reach up and down the East Coast into Maine, into New Hampshire, and yes, even into Canada, says the Lord, will this thing stretch? And it's here and it cannot be stopped. And I got a chance to witness. And I honor this morning the acorn that Almighty Yahweh let me peer into. Let that sit for just a second. Hear the oracle of the Lord and let that sit for just a second. What has he invited you into in the very formational stages of a move of the spirit that's going to sweep, not just roll Virginia? David, you're thinking entirely too small. You're thinking entirely too small and you've been having crazy thoughts again. I hear the Lord saying, you've been having crazy thoughts and crazy dreams again, David. You've been dreaming outside the box that religion for years has been trying to contain you in. And I hear the Lord saying, quit hesitating. I hear the Lord saying, go for it, son, and I'll back you all the way. I hear him, oh, I hear him saying, you're my ace card against the spirit of religion in this region. And I'll use the anointing that I put on you to break the back of religious mindsets and set thousands free all across Virginia. Go ahead, start dreaming crazy dreams and thinking crazy things and doing crazy things. Start dreaming crazy dreams and thinking crazy things and doing crazy things. And when you do, he'll back you the whole way. 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 And when the religious hierarchy gets mad... And when they get upset that it's outside of their prescribed method, he'll back you the whole way. He'll back you the whole way. He'll back you the whole, he'll back you the whole way. He sent Luke to you, David, to be ha ha ha, to be a first witness of the of the marriage of the prayer and worship movement that he's going to cause you to create in this part of the United States. There's a marriage of prayer and worship that Almighty Yahweh will establish here. He'll cause to grow here. He'll cause to flourish here. And I'm not really, I'm really not concerned that we're not at the point in worship where we want to be just yet. I'm not really concerned that half of us are sitting down. I'm 
really not concerned about that yet because if you can honor the oak, if you can honor the acorn, you'll get the oak. He sent Luke as a witness here. I'm telling you, he sent Luke as a witness here that he's marrying the prayer and worship movements. He's, he's marrying the prayer and worship movements. He's marrying the prayer and worship move. He's marrying the prayer and worship movements. And this thing is going to, this thing is going to begin to spontaneously combust. When my wife and I were first married, we, oh, man, y'all feel, that's the fear of the Lord. That weight you're feeling is the very beginnings of the manifestation of the fear of the Lord. And when we begin to get into these waters, I used to be frustrated in these waters because I wanted the Dad Hagen pandemonium moments where the whole crowd is falling out. But if you can begin to honor the beginnings of the fear of the Lord. You'll receive of the glory of the Lord. What you do with the, what you do with the fear of the Lord will determine how much of the glory of the Lord you're qualified then to experience. When my wife and I were first married, we lived in an apartment above a gym and uh, we lived in Saluda. South Carolina, and um, one evening I was in the in the gym. I'm working out, and I'm I find myself in a place where I really felt a bit challenged, and I really felt a bit a bit frustrated. And so I said, "What what can I do to to lift my spirits?" So I began listening to a David Hogan podcast. Yes, bud, mama downloads you that game. <laughs> Those are my children, the ones being real loud and disturbing everybody. Those are mine, <laughs> in case you wondered. <clears throat> so I'm in the middle, of, I'm in the middle of, of trying to get through my workout, and I start listening. She just face-planted. It's okay, sis. Yea, though a righteous man falls seven times, he continues to get up. So... So I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle of listening to David Hogan and he starts telling stories and I start to get fired up. He starts telling stories about going to Africa to unreached people groups. And he starts telling the story of, of going to a group that had never been, never seen a white man before as far as his knowledge, you know, pertained. He said, we're going to go there. And not only can that be a bit challenging, that also can mean that that could be a little bit dangerous. And he and his group show up and the entire village is waiting for them. And not only are they waiting for them, the village chief comes to him and says, we've prepared a meal for you. Why don't you come inside? And he said, how did you know I was coming? And the chief replies to him, the glowing man said that you were coming. And he said, what do you mean the glowing man? And so he had him describe what this man was. He said he was seven feet tall. He was glowing, and he said that you were coming. He said that a bald white man with a beard would come, and that he would heal all of you. David, that sounds like you, my God. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. So, <laughs> so, 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 he begins, he says, you know, the first lady that they saw was a woman who was so full of tumors, she looked like she was just... She looked like she was pregnant, but it was tumors in her belly. He lays hands on her, and the Lord instantaneously 
dissolves the tumors in her belly and she gets healed. And for the next week, from 5 a.m. until dark, they would pray for people all day long, and the Lord healed everyone they prayed for. And I'm so fired up. I'm so about to combust in my spirit, man. I go upstairs, and Logan has made dinner, and I'm in the middle of eating dinner, and I'm still just sitting there so bothered I can hardly take it. And in the middle of eating my dinner, the Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to go to the trailer park. Now, in the town that we lived in, there were three specific trailer parks where immigrant workers, we lived in an area where there were predominantly peach fields and uh, peach orchards and a lot of agriculture, and migrant workers would often work the fields. It's, a, you know, it's just kind of how that, that system works. It's kind of how, uh, oh, I, it's kind of how denominations use pastors. Now, you, don't, you may not want to hear that, but friends, I'm going to just go. It's kind of how denominations use pastors. They use them all day and they send them back to a trailer park and then bring them back and wear them out all day long and then send them back to the trailer and wear them out all day long and then send them back to the trailer and wear them out all day long and send them back to the trailer and say, aren't you glad you're still in the slave field of religion? But I've come with a new announcement that there's a new day rising and almighty Yahweh is doing away with an old system and bringing something new. I feel that thing. I'm getting confrontational. I feel that thing on me. I feel a little bit of kickback when I say something like that. You've never been in those shoes and likely you're one of the perpetrators holding your pastor in the slave fields of religion. If you're kicking back on it, you ought to repent. I'll just let you sit on that. So I'm in the middle of this and there's these three, there's these three trailer parks. There's these three trailer parks that are predominantly migrant workers that are, that are essentially Guatemala. Luke can testify. There's a part on the outside of town and then there's two other like larger trailer parks in our town. And the Lord says, I want you to go to one of those trailer parks right now. And so I look at Logan and I say, hey baby, uh, I'm going to go ahead and finish up dinner. I want you to go go get ready. We're going we're gonna to go down to the trailer park. And uh, she said, we're going to what? And I said, yep, just go ahead, get ready. As uh, soon as I get done, as soon as I get done with dinner here, I want, I, want to, I want to go down to the trailer park. So we didn't have kids yet. So we, we finished up dinner and we, we got ready to go and we slid into the car and we started driving. And she said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I've got no idea what I'm about to do. I just know the Holy Ghost said to me, go to the trailer park and I'll show you what to do. So I I get to the stoplight and I said, well, when I said that, I felt like I saw a vision of us driving around the trailer park, praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord will just highlight a house we're supposed to stop at. So I said, okay, we're going to try that. So we get down into this area that is... You don't. You just don't feel real safe down in there. Let's just we'll, we'll we'll say it that way. It's not a place that you want to be. Probably after dark, especially if you're white in that area. That's just how it is. And David's shaking his head like, head like, yes, I've been in that area before. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so we're we're in the middle of this, and we we pull down this road, and we're just praying in the spirit quietly to ourselves. And the Lord begins to highlight this trailer to me, and I say, that might be it. And we go down this cul-de-sac and turn around at this terrifying end of the road, and we turn around. And I say, no, that's definitely it. We're going to pull in there. So we pull in, and Logan says to me, hey, wait a second. 
we don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and what if they don't speak English? And I said, you've raised a good question. <laughs> we have Mexican friends. Let's call them and see if they'll translate for us. So we call Gladys. Gladys is in Walmart, but she says, sure, I'd be happy. I would be happy to translate for you if it comes to that. I'll be happy to do it. So we... Uh, Armed with that information, we get out of the car. And the moment I step out of my car, I feel like I get wrapped by the, by the anointing of Almighty Yahweh. In Isaiah, hallelujah, in Isaiah, when he begins to talk about the anointing, he's talking, not talking about oil being poured on you, he's talking about being wrapped and engulfed in the anointing. I take one step onto this yard at this trailer park, and I begin to be wrapped in the Holy Ghost. And I walk up to the door, and I knock on the door, and this woman answers the door and says, no English. And I said, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, stop. Let me call a friend. I've got a lifeline. Let me phone a friend. So I call, I call uh, Gladys and Gladys says, hey, uh, what you doing? I said, uh, yes, we're here with this lady who remains unnamed to me, who does not speak English. Would you please translate for me? She said, sure. What do you want me to tell her? I said, you tell her the Holy Spirit sent me here because someone's sick in this house and I'm here to heal them. And, oh, and she says, okay. So she translates that into Spanish and her voice begins to shake as she starts talking back to me. And she says, uh, she said that she believes God did send you there because she's been in pain for years and some days are worse than others. And today the pain has been so bad she can barely move. She wants you to come inside with her. So, so we step inside, and it's as much of the third world as it looked like on the outside, maybe worse. And there are probably two families living inside of a single wide, and there's bugs crawling on the walls, and there's all kinds of other things going on in there, and there's, it's, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad, sad environment, and this woman has been in terrible pain for years, and the Lord sent, sent Logan and I there to be a witness to her that he's good. And so, and so, she says, we just say, I'm just going to pray for you. So we lay hands on her. And Gladys is still on the phone with us. We lay hands on her and we pray. And she starts to cry while we're praying for her because, hallelujah, the healing power of Almighty God invaded that, whew, invaded that single wide. And she says, I've got no pain left in my body. And she starts bending and moving and walking and... And so we say, is there anybody else here? Since he's here and this is happening, is there anyone else that needs prayer? And her husband, she said, my husband needs prayer. I said, okay, what's going on with your husband? I could see what was going on with him. His foot was oozing. He had an infection in his foot. His foot was red all the way up and down it. And his toe had an open sore that was just, un it looked bad. And, and she says, he had to miss work today. We can't afford for him to miss work anymore. And he had to miss work today. Can you pray for him? And Logan and I lay hands on him and begin to pray in the spirit. We just, we just decided we'd pray in the Holy Ghost. So we lay hands on this man and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm watching the redness come out of his foot while we're praying for him. And I'm tapping Logan on the shoulder saying, look at his foot. And we, as we prayed, we saw, that, we saw that sore begin to shrink and dry up and close in front of our very eyes. And, the, yeah. 
and there was no more pain in his foot. So Jesus has now healed a second person inside of the trailer. And now we say, is there anyone else that we can lay hands on? Because this is happening and we want to bless everyone we can. So they say, we've got a cousin we can call to come down to the trailer. Could you all wait a few minutes? So they pull out some plastic chairs for us and we're sitting in the middle of the trailer and we're talking to the kids because the kids speak English and they're, we're playing, they're like talking back and forth with us. Finally, the cousin gets there. We lay hands on the cousin and the cousin gets miraculously healed by God. And there's three now witnesses to these people that God sees you and he cares. And listen, in the middle of all this, I'm not giving them the Romans road to salvation. I'm not witnessing to them and saying, hey, I'm from the white church just up the road. Y'all ought to get all your friends and join us. I'm not proselytizing. I'm not doing any of it. I'm just there as an agent of the goodness of God. I'm not getting it on a video camera and trying to get them to say, hey, my pain went from a 12 to a zero. And you should, you should, you should check this guy's Instagram out because there's more cool stories like this. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just there, undercover, doing what God asked me to do. We get ready to go, and Gladys, Gladys stops us, and Gladys says, this woman, her name is Gladys. So Gladys is translating for Gladys while she's encountering the kindness of Almighty Yahweh. And she says to us, now she knows God is real. Now she knows God is real because when her pain was so great she could barely stand, he sent you, ha ha, he sent you to pray for her and now she knows that he's real and she gave us a hug and said bless you on our way out and I didn't stop again and say hey you ought to come to my church. I just said God loves you. He's got a good plan for your life and he sent me here to remind you that he sees you, he cares about you and that he is good in every situation. I was driving down the road in South Carolina. We had had a Sunday where we had been introduced to the righteousness message. We'd had a Sunday. We called it, Luke and I were talking about it uh, yesterday. We called it Righteousness Sunday. We marked it on the calendar. It was a big deal to us. We began to open up the dialogue to the family there in South Carolina that we were indeed the righteousness of God in Christ. And that if you're righteous at all, you're as righteous as he is or you're not righteous. And it began to transform our lives. And I was at at work the day after and I'm still just, my heart is still just burning with the message that I've been made righteous. And not only have I been made righteous, I can finally have peace with God according to Romans 5. I have peace with God. And don't have to worry about his wrath any longer because it says in Romans that he has, that you'll never experience his wrath again. It says in Romans, you'll never experience the wrath of God again. And see, what we've done in the church is we've mixed the message of righteousness with enough of the, with enough of, uh, the law 
that we're confused about the way that he feels about us when even in Isaiah he says, I'll forgive you of your sins and never hold them against you again. I'll never remember your wanderings. I'll hold you up in my strong right hand and I'll establish you as a praise in the earth under an inferior covenant. And in the, in the superior covenant, he comes to us and says, he says that you've, you've come into the day of my goodness and you'll never experience my wrath again. And so I'm, I'm meditating on this and I'm listening to outlaw country as I'm driving down the road. Sometimes that's how the Lord speaks. It's better than most of the praise and worship available to us. It's just true. That's good. Receive that. That's good. I got one amen. I got one amen from Luke and Dylan gave me half an amen. <laughs> but I'm listening to Turnpike Troubadours. It's better than K-Love. It's, be, it's, just, it's better than K-Love, it's better than K-Love, and it's more anointed than K-Love because it comes from a place of authenticity, and not from a place of trying to rob Christians of money because it's what will sell. I'll just go, just receive it, it's good. It's, 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 it's good, that, that's good, right there, that's good. It comes from a place of authenticity, and Yahweh will not, He will not anoint anything that comes from a place of inauthenticity. You must be authentic if you want to walk and receive of the anointing of Almighty Yahweh. You have to be authentic. And so the Turnpike Troubadours are about as authentic as anyone I know. So I'm just listening to a couple of their songs and meditating on this idea of I've been made perfect. My relationship with God is currently perfect according to the book of Romans. I have a perfect relationship with Him currently. I can never receive his wrath again. He's, been, he's drawn me into his righteousness, and I'm doing this, and I'm driving past, oh God, I'm driving past a trailer that just looks like a nightmare to me. It looks like it's come out of a horror movie. And the Lord says, pull in there. I said, no. <laughs> I, said, I said, absolutely not. I am not doing that. I kept driving. And he said, when are you going to pull in there? And I said, never. And he kept on. I said, when are you going to leave me alone? And he said, when you pull in there. <laughs> and so I turned around. I turned around. I turned around and I drove into the parking lot and I parked. And I had so much faith when I did this, I left my car on. <laughs> I left my door open and my car on. So I pull in, I leave my door open and my car on, and there are more cigarette butts than grass blades in the yard. And I'm like, my God, Lord, oh, buddy. <laughs> and as I'm pulling in, the Lord gives me a prophetic word for the people that are living there. And I say, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And I walk up to the door and begin to knock. And as I'm knocking, the couple that lives there pulls up and they pull around back. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're getting their guns. They're going to shoot me. We're in, listen, we're in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina. They could shoot me and throw me in a bayou, and there'd be nothing that anyone could do about it. They'd never see me again. And so I'm a little bit worried that they're going to go get a 12-gauge, and I'm going to end up eaten by an alligator. And so um, the, the lady comes around front and says, hey, how can... Uh, can we help you? And I said, well, this is going to sound real weird. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was driving past and uh, praying, and uh, the Lord spoke to me and said that there was someone here who needed to be healed, so I was to come in here and pray for him. And she said, well, there's nobody here that's sick. And I said, okay, well, let me give you this that he, he gave me for you. 
and I give her this prophetic word, and the, the glory of the Lord hits her, and she says, well, my husband was snake bit a few years back, and he's been dealing with X, Y, and Z symptoms, and he hasn't been able to work, and he's had back pain and all of this going on in his life. She said, I said, well, ma'am, I think that might qualify as needing to be healed. <laughs> I think that may qualify. If I could interject at this moment, <laughs> this may qualify. <laughs> And she goes and gets him, and this man's like six foot seven, and I'm, you know, five ten, so I'm like much smaller than he is. And I, I, I introduce myself to him, and I begin to pray for him, and the glory of the Lord starts to hit this man. And I see him like fighting to like stay up on his feet in the middle of his front yard. And I, I drive off. I don't do anything other than say bless you and just drive off. And I wonder now for the, I wonder for the next two months what happened to him. <clears throat> the place that I worked was right across the uh, right across the way from a Dollar General, and a friend of mine worked at that Dollar General. And I went in there one day to grab, I think, a, like a gallon of water or something, and go back to work. And uh, the manager of the store stops my friend when I leave and says, "Hey, who is that?" He says, "Well, that's my friend Ben. Uh, I go to church with him." And she says, "Is he a prophet?" And <laughs> and Kyle says, "Well, maybe." <laughs> I'll take a maybe. I've been called, I've, I've had way worse said maybe about me than that, I promise. And uh, she says, two months ago, <clears throat> he stopped at my house randomly, pulled up to the door and told me that he was here to heal someone who was sick, gave me a prophetic word, prayed for my husband who had not cried in 27 years. Hmm. Huh. Pulls up, leaves, and he prays for him, and then leaves. And as soon as he leaves, my husband falls to his knees weeping. The, the power of God manifesting on this man's life, bringing him into a repentant state. So, so wrecked by what the Lord was doing with him. He had an aunt that raised him as a child. The man calls her weeping, telling her that this, this crazy man from up the way just stopped and prayed for me and the power of God hit my life and X, Y, and Z, he's crying. The next day they got a settlement from a court, from a court hearing they'd been waiting for for three years. They'd been impoverished because they were waiting for a back settlement from the court system. They received it the next day and completely revolutionized their life. And she stops Kyle and says, who is that guy? Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> or we can do church. Or we can do church. Or we can try to placate to a religious system that has no interest in the things that Yahweh's breathing into the earth in this hour. We can either placate to the religious system or we can start to do something new. And this something new we're finding out really isn't anything new. It's just so old we think it's new. Mm. 
We sit in the valley of decision for what this movement will become. Huh. I feel like we're sitting in the valley of decision for what this movement is going to become. And this thing can either, con- oh, ha. hallelujah, we can either continue to try to reach back into the old ways of doing things and continue to placate at some level to that, or we can go a completely different direction and we be, hallelujah, we can begin to drive down the road and hear the whisper of the Holy Ghost and say, I've got an encounter for that man right there. I want you to pull into his drive and say, God sent me here to pull you out of your sick bed. The worship movement is marrying the prayer movement and it's going to produce prophetic evangelism at a rate this side of the country has never seen, says Almighty Yahweh. The worship movement is marrying the prayer movement and it's going to produce and launch forth sons, sons of miracles and sons of wonders and sons of, and sons of hallelujah and sons of the prophets that will go into to the earth and cause, hallelujah, cause a revolution in this region. I'm trying to get what I had prepared. I'm trying to get to what I had to say. I'm trying to get there. Tarry in, Jerus- in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high is the directive to 500. 120 have a 10-day prayer meeting. And when the, swoo, when the promised endowment of power comes, it looks nothing like an endowment of power. It looks nothing like an endowment of power. He said, tarry in Jerusalem and wait until you have been endued or infused with power by the Holy Ghost. And when that comes, it looks nothing like power. It takes humility to even receive it. You're going to have to not care if you look foolish, if you're going to receive of what he has designed in this hour. What he's designed in this hour is for 120 hungry souls to be in an upper room and receive an endowment of power. And if you're going to receive the endowment of power, you're going to have to not care if you look drunk. You're going to have to not care if you're made a laughing stock by the religious culture. I think that's just excess. I don't know what that small group of people think they're doing. I don't know why they've got to go after it so hard. I don't know why they think laughing is so necessary. I think it's just a little bit excessive. And that group will never experience power.
He didn't send power, he sent wine. He didn't send power, he sent wine. These men are drunk. These men are drunk. These men are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine in the morning. These men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only 9 a.m. in the morning. It's only 9 a.m. in the morning. They can't have had that much yet. The man declaring the message was so ashamed of his relationship with Jesus just a few days previous that he couldn't tell a maid that he belonged with him. But standing in front of the religious hierarchy that crucified his Lord, he makes this declaration, this is that. This, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet, hallelujah, that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'm telling you, he got so full of power by drinking of the wine that he couldn't help but stand up and say, I know just a few days ago I was intimidated by that religious thing. On you, but I'm going to stand up and my forehead will be strong against your forehead and I'm going to prevail. Amen. The kingdom and religious system cannot coexist and commingle any longer. The kingdom and the religious system can no longer coexist and commingle. You're going to have to choose what you want. You're going to have to choose what, whoa, you're going to have to choose what fruit you're going to eat from. Much of the religious systemic, much of the systemic religious system that we find ourselves on are still committing the sin of Eve. They're listening to the whispering whispers of the evil one, declaring that God withholds from you and you've got to work just a little bit harder to get the thing that he's designed for you to have. He's a withholder, and he's withholding from you the knowledge that you were designed to have. He's a withholder. He's not given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Ephesians 1 is really not the truth. He's really not given you every spiritual blessing from the heavenly places. No, you're going to have to get back on that hamster wheel, and you're going to have to spin your legs, and you're going to have to wear yourself out because you've got to put a little bit more effort into the finished work of Christ. I wrote this. I'm going to read this to you. I wrote this. I'm going to read this to you. Most of what we call spiritual warfare is like Israel continuing to make sacrifices after Yeshua ascended on high and seated us with him in heavenly places. Most of what we call spiritual warfare is like the... 
It's like the priests in the temple continuing to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats after the veil to the Holy of Holies had been rent from the top down. After the after the sprinkling of the perfect sacrifice in the holy place in heaven had taken place, they're still offering bulls and they're still offering goats, they're still offering lambs, they're still doing these things. Why? Because inside of a religious system, self-effort is still the way to self-promotion. We elevate our self-effort to the place of causing breakthrough. And if I can sacrifice just a little bit more, and if I can go just a little bit harder, and if I can give myself to the ministry just a little while longer, and it... If I have to miss some of my baby's football games, if I have to miss date night with my wife, if I have to do these things, I'm willing to do it because this is the only path to success in the ministerial world. And it's a lie. We elevate our own self-effort to the place of causing breakthrough, and when that fails, we find a devil to get mad at because religion has discipled us more effectively than the finished work of Christ. We elevate our own self-effort to the place of causing breakthrough, and when that breakthrough inevitably fails to materialize, we find a devil to get mad at because we have been discipled by the system of systemic religious thinking more effectively than we have been the finished work of Almighty Yeshua. So we enter into a self-defeating cycle, and in the end we find ourselves disappointed and worn out. But friends, there's a better way. Friends, there's a better way. Friends, there's a better way. Friends, there is a better way. And I want to just share with you just a small piece of that better way. I want you to turn to 2 Kings 4. I'm going to be brief, I promise you. I've been, I've been yelling at you and hollering at you about long enough. What I'm going to share is, I believe, a way of escape from the systemic religious ways of doing church and doing ministry. And I believe is a key of entry into kingdom family and kingdom expression. I'm going to read 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. And I'm going to read out of the New King James. I have to do it off my phone because I'm a heathen and have the Passion Translation. So... I think Luke was about the only amen in the room on that one. (laughs) A certain woman, verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Everybody say slaves. The sons of the prophets were a prophetic community raised up by Elijah inside of the Old Testament that would live together in community. And 
as Elijah passed, Elisha took the mantle to lead the prophetic expression in Israel. And these people lived together in community and then could expect if their husband died for the father of the sons of the prophets to provide some protection for them against catastrophe striking their home. That's one of the benefits of living underneath of a father instead of underneath of a system. <clears throat> A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. <clears throat> With her husband gone, these two boys were her means of protection and income for the rest of her life. Not only would they be enslaved, she would be impoverished. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? And what do you have? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in this house but a jar of oil. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have? Elisha already knew what she had. Elisha already knew what she had. <clears throat> Elisha already knew what she had. How do I know Elisha already knew what she had? Because the... Oh, huh. Psalms 133 teaches us that the oil ran from Aaron's beard all the way to the hems of the garment and if she was connected to him as the ha as the father of the sons of the prophets there was always going to be oil in her home even if she couldn't recognize how valuable it was Psalm 133 it's like the precious oil that ran from Aaron's beard and extended all the way down to the hems of the garment and when you connect yourself to a father you can be sure that that oil that he's uh, the oil that he's carrying is going to get inside of your home but you're going to have to honor it to see its value So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in this house but a jar of oil. Your maidservant has nothing in this house but a jar of oil. Your maidservant has nothing in this house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow. Huh. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went out from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, she and her, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. When all the vessels were full, she said, bring me another vessel. And, and they said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. 
Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. Everyone say, pay your debt. Everyone say, pay your debt. Go and sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your son shall live on the rest. And in her moment of distress and need, this woman approached her situation from a position of lack and a position of need, which would be natural in the situation that she was in, that she find herself, all I've got is a little thing of oil. What good will that do me against the sum that my husband left me with against the creditor? He's going to take both my sons, and you ask me what's in my home, and he said, what is in your home is sufficient if you're connected to me. What is in your home will be sufficient for you if you're connected to a father. He said, I already know what you have in your home. You've got oil in your home because you're connected to me and I've got oil on me. So if I've got oil on me, there's oil in your home somewhere. What you're going to have to do is close the door behind you and get really intentional about honoring that oil until we begin to see multiplication come to the oil that's been given to you by way of your connection with me. And if you'll do that, you'll be able to not just pay your creditor, you'll be able to not just be liberated from the systems of men, you'll be able to live on the rest. Amen. Everyone say, honor the oil. Honor, honor, the, oil. honor the oil. See, there's liberation in your oil if you'll honor it. See, I've got this depression that I'm dealing with, Pastor, and I don't know what to do. What do you have in your home? I don't have anything in my home. But if you're connected to me, you've got oil in your home. And what you need to do is begin to honor that thing. How did she honor the oil that she had in her home? She made way for that thing to multiply. How do you begin to honor the anointing that Almighty Yahweh begins to put on you by way of your connection with the Father? You begin to make room for that thing to grow. I'm going to... You begin to make room for this thing to get bigger than just the little bit of oil that's going to get me through just to the next day, Jesus. That's all I'm asking from you. Just one more day at a time. Just give me the strength to get through to tomorrow. And that kind of broken thinking will keep you broken. But if you can come into the realization, no, I've connected myself inside of kingdom family to a father who's got oil running down from his beard. What you can then begin to do is dance the dance of liberation when you get back to your home because that oil that's connected to your life by way of connection for home. The oil that's connected to your life by way of your connection to a father, you know what that'll do? It'll set you free every time. So, And I heard David say this morning, we don't lack anything. I heard David say this morning, we don't, what'd you say, David? We don't lack anything. What'd you say, David? We don't lack anything. What do you mean? All we've got is just this little jar of oil. How did, what do you mean we don't lack anything? We're in debt. We're impoverished. We've got depression. We've got sickness. We've got these things. 
things in my thinking that are driving me. Oh. And there's nothing missing if you've got oil in your home. Listen, I know it's simple and I know it's not profound, but there's nothing missing if you've got oil in your home. There's nothing missing. You've got, oh, you've got oil in your home and there's nothing missing. You've got oil in your home and there's nothing missing. You can be set free by the thing that's inside of your home because you're connected to a father. What does systemic exodus looks like? It looks like removing yourself from the system of religion and connecting yourself to a man who's got oil on his life. And by way of honor, that oil can set you free. That oil can set you free. By way. I, I am the beneficiary of that statement right there. I myself am the beneficiary of that statement right there. Joined myself to a man 10 years ago. And in the middle of impoverished thinking and in the hoe. In the middle of depression and crippling. You don't you don't know. Crippling inferiority. In the middle of it all. I set my heart to stay connected in the middle of sin cycles I couldn't get out of. In the middle of things that I had no idea what to deal with. I stayed connected to a father because I said to myself, if I can stay connected to that man, this remains true. The oil that is on him will get on me. And if I can honor that, that will set me free. And I stand before you today freer than I've ever been in my life. I stand before you today free of inferiority. I stand before before you free of insecurity. I stand before you free of depression. And I'm telling you, I see that happening across this house. Mm. But it will require honor. Go borrow vessels, not a few. What do you mean? I have barely enough to fill what's in my hand. I said go get more. What do you mean? It's not, it's, not, huh, it's, not enough to, it's not enough to feed us for the week. What do you mean I need to go get vessels? It's not enough to feed us for a week. I, I can't get more. It'll empty itself out. I said go get more. I said, go get more and watch what your honor will produce inside of that oil. If you'll add your honor to the oil, watch what, whoa, watch what your honor will produce in that. If you'll add your, oh, your honor to that oil, watch what your honor will produce in that oil. And it's going to begin to multiply. And it's going to begin to set you free. And it's not just going to begin to set you free. It's going to cause a ripple effect through your extended families and... I've never been in a more beautiful place that has more depressed people in my whole life. This place is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It blows my mind every time I come to Virginia. I'm like, my God, Lord, send me to Virginia. If you love me, please let me go to Virginia. I love it here. 
and I look around and there's depression everywhere. There's oppression everywhere. I look around the room and there's cycles of depression all over the room. And I look around and there's cycles of oppression all over the room. And I'm telling you what Yahweh's going to do in this house is going to start first with your mental state. He's going to set you so free from this depressive cycle that you found yourselves in that you're going to be able to say the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what joy means in the scripture? You know what the actual Greek word there? It's emotional stability. The Greek word for joy there in the New Testament is actually emotional stability. He's going to take you off of the roller coaster, set your feet on a firm foundation, and you're then going to be able to laugh at the things that used to move you. You're going to be able to look these things square in the face and say, I know you used to move me, but this is causing a hilarious laughter to pour out of my belly that I used to be so moved by that foolishness. Dylan, get your guitar, get your guitar, get your guitar. What'd you say? Good. He needs messed with. Dylan, you were sent here, I'm going to just say this to you, you were sent here as a first witness of prophetic evangelism coming to this house. You connected yourself to a father who wouldn't abuse you. You found a father who wouldn't use you for your gift, but cared about your character and cared about your marriage and cared about how you were doing on your, in your interior world. And because you found a safe place, you're going to begin to bloom. You're, hallelujah. You're going to be, hallelujah. You're going to begin to bloom. Your interior desert, like Isaiah 35, is going to begin to bloom in this hour, says the Lord. And I'm going to, be, I'm going to cause what used to be a desert in you to be a highway of holiness and not just a highway of holiness. It'll be a place of beauty that others can gaze on and gain the encouragement that they need to follow you to a father's house. The prayer movement is joining the worship movement and sons of evangelism are going to rise in this house. Sons of evangelism are going to rise in this house. Sons of evangelism are going to rise in this house. Sons of evangelism are going to rise in this house. Oh yeah, just play that melody, son. Play that melody, son. Play that melody, son. Play that melody, son. Play that melody. As he plays, you're going to begin to see the, whoo, you're going to feel the chains of depression begin to fall off of your mind. Come on, play. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the artist in you is coming alive. The artist in you is coming alive and the creative ways of thinking that have been diminished in seasons past because it didn't serve the ministry are going to be celebrated in you, says the Lord, and it's going to cause life to come, not just to you, it's gonna breathe life into your wife. It's going to breathe life into her because she desires, whoo, she desires to see you fully alive. Baby, go, uh, baby, can you go lay hands on her real quickly? Take sis with you if you need to. Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You found home and safety. You found home and you found safety. You found home and you found safety. You found home and you found safety. And because you have, your wings are going to begin to spread again. You're going to begin to soar with the eagles where you were designed to. that prophetic thing that's been on you your whole life, sis, that prophetic thing that's been on you your whole life, sis, that prophetic thing that's been on you your whole life is beginning to come alive again and you felt it and it scared you because in times past you were used by the system, you were used by men and you were told it wasn't of God. I hear a man telling you that's not of God and it terrified you. I hear a man telling you that that's not of God and it caused you to shut that thing off and you've been wounded in your spirit ever since but that wound is being healed this night by the balm of Gilead and Almighty Yahweh says that was me. That was me and I'm sorry he lied about me to you. I'm sorry he lied about me to you, but I've come this night, says Almighty God, that you might experience true and lasting freedom. You're going to begin to be caught in unusual trances, says the Lord. You told this man about a vision, and he told you God didn't do that anymore. Fear shut that thing off in you, but fear is being chased out the back door this night once and for all. Fear is being chased out the back door this night once and for all. And you're going to dance in the freedom. Whoa, you're going to dance in the freedom that Almighty Yahweh has always pre-designed for you. If you pray in the Spirit, I want you just to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let the prayer movement, let the prayer movement marry the worship movement just for a moment tonight. Sing in the Spirit if you can. Sing in the Spirit. Oh, Namasurama Maya. Oh, 
Mayana Mandurobo Suramana Mayandaniya Mama Maya Amasura Mama Maya. Someone your heart's pounding, your heart's pounding, your heart's pounding. The Lord's dealing with you. Someone your heart's pounding and the Lord's dealing with you. Someone your heart is pounding and the Lord is dealing with you. And if that's you, I want you to come. I want you to come. We're gonna we're gonna whoo, we're gonna begin to see what we've been talking about all night. If that's you, if the Lord's dealing with you, if you've if you've been struggling with depression specifically, I want you, I want you, if that's you, and if I'm wrong, I'll own it, I'm wrong, cool. But if that's you, I want you to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 